We are proudly sponsored by High Stride Equine Law. They understand that the horse industry can feel overwhelming when it comes to legal matters. A focus on champion results, High Stride strives to work with its clients to offer the best solution for each and every unique situation. Get started today at HighStrideLaw.com. Equine Law by Equine Attorneys. Hi, everyone. This is Regina. Hi, horse lovers. This is Lynn. This week on the Horse Industry Podcast. When we left off last time, last week, you were just telling us about the Rose Parade. Yes. And you've had other experiences as well. Yeah. Tell us about that. So with the Rose Parade, yeah, I had the Mid-America Cowgirls Drill Team contact me about doing hats for them. And they said, we get to ride in the Rose Parade and we want you to make hats for the team. The Rose Parade. Yes, so, Pasadena, California, yes, the Rose Bowl. Very exciting. And so I, you know, it, it's little things like that that kind of spark my non-horse husband's interest. It's like, holy crap, the Rose Parade. Well, and I'm going to tell you. <laughs> you know, forget the Congress, forget the AQHA yeah. world, whatever. He's like, the Rose Parade. <laughs> well, and I will tell you that even my non-horse husband, <laughs> when I found out that you were doing it, I'm like, Chris, this girl that I know, Heather, she's doing the hats for the Rose Parade. And he kind of perked up a little bit. Yeah. So he was even impressed. Yeah. So... Anyway, so I did, I made the hats. They were really cool. They they kind of had an idea color-wise what they wanted to do. And they were going to be having basically like a, a wreath of flowers to made to put on the hats, which, you know, goes with the Rose Parade and everything. So that would be added to the hat. So it would kind of like sit on the brim. Like a crown. Yep. Got just it. like a crown. And so we knew we had to decorate the underneath of them. So we did, they had... They went with black straw hats that time, and then we did a silver, like a sheer black material with silver stars, and then I did a black binding, and then we did metal silver stars along the edges, um, so you could see that really well while they were riding. Were you stressed out? I don't know. I don't really... I Probably at some point I was, but... I don't know. Is is the Rose Parade in general any bigger deal than somebody wearing their hat for the first time at their first horse show or something? You know, that's a good point. Because on one hand, you know, the that very first time you go to, I mean, to you and I, that's an emotional thing. I just put the same amount of effort into every hat, pretty much. You Mm -hmm. know, it doesn't necessarily matter who it is or what it's going to. On national TV in front of millions. Yeah, right. I just (laughs) want it to be. The best. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be the best no matter what. So, and the cool thing about that too, you know, so you think, all right, well, this is cool. I'm, you know, doing hats for the Rose Parade. Well, then on New Year's Day, it was just crazy. I, you know, those days you came into my house and you're like, hey, is your house always this clean? No. <laughs> Her house um, is very, very clean. <laughs> it's not always this clean. We had cleaned the house the day before this happened, you know, the day before New Year's. I don't know, just was home and had time and just kind of did a bunch of cleaning. And then I woke up in the morning on New Year's Day to a Facebook message from my on my business account that said, hey, I'm so-and-so from local news station. We heard you have hats in the Rose Parade. We'd like to come interview you. What? <laughs> so, okay. So I respond to her. She sets up a time. And I'm like, thank God I cleaned my house. <laughs> and so they came to our house and the interviewers, and I kind of showed them what I do and 
got to have an interview on TV. And then, you know, they do those little like, you know, where they video us watching TV (laughs) and stuff. (laughs) And so we did that. What did your girls think of that? I mean, they were kind of little still. I don't Mm -hmm. know that it really truly hit them, hit them so much, especially Marley would have been pretty small, but so I, they did think it was cool to be on, you know, when they got to see themselves on TV because they video the family watching the Rose Parade. Right. So that was pretty cool. So we, you know, that was a big deal. That was probably, I don't know if that was my first like, whoa, you know, big moment. I had a lot of them. So what are some of your big whoa moments or the different times in your career that you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is really happening. <laughs> there's, there's a lot. And it's almost like so many, I, it's hard to pick mm-hmm. and choose. But I remember the I'd started getting a lot of orders for hats from the ranch horse people. Interesting. And I was getting asked to go to the Ranch World Show and set up as a vendor. Where's that at? So it was in Cloverdale, Indiana. Oh, so okay. not far from here. Mm-hmm. And they've now moved it to Ocala, mm-hmm. much farther. Mm-hmm. So and so one girl specifically had ordered several of my hats and she was trying to, she was in charge of the vendors, trying to get me to come, trying to get me to come. And it's 10 days long. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I cannot be away from my family for 10 days. No way. It's mm-hmm. crazy. And so I just didn't see it as something that was possible. I don't function as a vendor very often. Frankly, for the most part that I, I don't need to. I make a lot of money just mm-hmm. in my basement. Mm-hmm. So I don't really need to leave. Yeah, in some ways you, you are almost taking time away from my family, my horses, the farm, everything. Yeah. And I mean, loading up and unloading. That's a, it's a lot of work. Your to be a time vendor. is better spent in your lab at yeah. home than it is on the road at a show. Yes. They yeah. very much have to do like the time value equation. So, mm-hmm. so later that year, so I said, no, I, I, there's no way I could do that. And she's like, well, we've never had a hat vendor and people need a hat, at least somebody to clean and shape hats. And I'm, well, I'll keep it in mind, but no. <laughs> and <laughs> not happening. So then in the fall, the there was a big ranch in Cloverdale, and it was like a four-day show. And somebody contacted me about being a vendor there, and I thought, yeah, I could do that. And so I went, and I think it was probably my first real vendor experience, honestly. And I just had like a Facebook memory that showed me a picture of that setup. Mm-hmm. And just looking back at that setup, which was just a few pieces of grid wall and a plastic shelf and a handful of hats. And I remember I worked, like people went crazy. And I must have cleaned it. I think I cleaned and shaped over a hundred hats in like four days. My hands were black. And then I was offering this like build your own hat booth, pick out your hat, pick out your material, pick out your stitching, and I'll make it here for you at the show. Oh, geez. Did you have time for that? Oh my gosh. It is all I did. I I can't remember. It's been a while now how many we did, but it was a lot. It was just me, just me. And so I'm in the motorhome at night working. I'm working all day. I would sit at the booth till 11 o'clock at night. And now people know me because I've I've done a lot with the ranch horse people and they fully expect me to be sitting out there at 10 p.m. at night. Like, you know, all the vendors... Dinner time six, we're packing up, which is fine. But I'm like, I'm away from my family. I've got nothing else to do. I can either sit here and make hats or I can go sit in my motorhome and do yeah. nothing. And so people come by the booth at like 1030 at night and buy a hat. So why not? Yeah. And so I killed myself that weekend. And I had just 
purchase was in the process of purchasing a, a horse for Marley. And I had gone to the show thinking, all right, if I can get a few thousand dollars, I had put money down on him and I was mm-hmm. supposed to get him like at the end of the month. And I was like, if I could just make a few thousand dollars to like help pay for that, that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. And I made enough money to pay him for, oh, for him. Gee. And I was like, oh my gosh. So I told my husband, I was like, okay, we have to make this 10 day ranch world thing happen. Has to happen. And so I, the next year I did, I set up at the Ranch World Show and it was, the the support is amazing. Like those people truly built my business. I owe a lot to the Ranch Horse people. They just accept, accepted me. They were so kind. They're also looking, they don't look for shorties. Mm-hmm. You know, when I, if I set up at a quarter horse show, I get, oh, you're not shorties. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be shorties. I'm not, and I don't plan to be, you know, and these people accepted that fact mm-hmm. and loved it. And they would bring me the most beat up, awful run over by a cow hat and be so thrilled that I could make it 50% better. And so I remember being at that show and just talking about like the a moment, you know, it was the end of the end of the week and I'd been making hats all week long and my fingers hurt and I'm exhausted. And I was watching one of the like one of the pleasure classes at the end of the show and looking out and I counted like almost every hat in there was one of mine. Wow. And like, it gives me goosebumps right now because yeah. it was so like, I had those moments before like at LMHA and mm-hmm. stuff. And, but this was like on such a bigger scale mm-hmm. and it'd been so, you know, I did work so hard that week yeah. to make it happen. And now that's my biggest event of the year. We did go to Ocala this year when they moved it. I have somebody go with me now and help. And we made 75 custom hats in 10 days while we were at the show. And then we're cleaning and shaping and selling others and stuff too. So yeah, I just, those moments where you can just sit back and, you know, it's really cool when somebody wears your hat and wins the world championship, you know, Eh, how much did the hat really play into that? But, you know, when you're watching the landscape of an entire horse show change Mm -hmm. because of you, uh, well, like, when we amazing. talk about, I mean, we love this industry. Yeah, right? I mean, so much. you've been in there. You've been Drives in the industry, me crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's that impact that you have in an industry that you love. Yeah, and you are doing it through your hat business. You know, Lynn and I started this podcast. That's our talent, yeah. and that's what we try to give back is mm-hmm. to capture stories like these because there's so many of us who are doing certain things in the industry that are making a big impact, which kind of leads me to a question that I have. You've shown pleasure horses your whole life. Yeah. You have a business in this industry. How has the industry changed? How has, Hmm. how has the the clientele changed? The trainers change. Do you see? Has it? Well, you know, what's one of the things I appreciate about you is that you you say what you think. Yeah, it's like a problem I have. Yeah, but it's (laughs) but I mean, sometimes you say things that even when I worked in a real job in a profession, like in a real professional job, I was known for saying the stuff that nobody else would say. Well, and I chuckle because there is an organization that often posts breaking news. Uh, yes. And it's like, wait, breaking, <laughs> breaking news for who? Right? Yeah. I mean, and so what, what is your perspective? I hear people talk about, we just released an episode on is walk trot good for the industry Ugh. because it's an epidemic. The, the lope, <laughs> the loping is shutting down. The walk trot classes are huge. Yeah. 
Is that good for the industry? Is it not good for the industry? We have the Western pleasure classes, the, the entries in the Western pleasure classes. And so my, down. They're so down. Yeah. My daughter has a horse that actually is pretty darn good in the Western Pleasure, and she can't get points yeah. because there's nobody in the class. Yeah. So what are some highs and lows that you see? Well, I think social media probably has really changed you know, a lot. You know, back in the day, we... We had the Michigan Quarter Horse Journal and, you know, you advertised more in, in paper, you know, that we didn't, mm-hmm. we didn't advertise online. And now I do these, you know, cute little adsy things before my girls and I go to a horse show. Cause I don't know. I want people to know we're going to a horse show, I guess. You know, social media in general, we just are seeing people, what people do and outside of the horse industry. It's just so destructive. You're just always seeing the the good side or maybe even the pretend side of people's right. lives. And then I think that's just amplified by the horse industry. It's a it's a tough place to be in because, you know, money, money talks, money wins, you know, and it's just at the end of the day, yes, I know, I know my my daughter won a world champion and we probably had the one of the cheapest horses there. And, you know, we did the time and we won, but I also know a lot of people there, one, that have a lot of money. And it was probably a little easier for them. And they probably worked hard. But money talks. And so I think when we see that, we're always fighting it. you know. And I think it's really detrimental. The Western pleasure specifically, that's a great topic too. Why is the Western pleasure so small and the ranch is so big? Great question. Well, it's more accessible. I don't have to have. I mean, the Western pleasure, I would never like... What not, I never want to down that specific part of our industry at all. I really respect some of the big Western pleasure trainers out there. And I believe some of these horses are going amazing, but they've just gotten so good mm-hmm. that just the average horse can't compete. Mm-hmm. You know, even your average all around horse, it used to be you could have an all around horse that did all the things and would, could win in the pleasure and in the hunt seat too. Well, now it's just not the case. Your equitation horse is rarely going to win the hunt seat. The pleasure, whatever you know, it's so dialed in. So, are we making an in, are we making an environment where we give more horses a job, or are we making an environment that we're squeezing out exhibitors? You know, I think both, probably both. And honestly, I think it's a plight of the world in general because if you look at youth sports, oh. I mean, your kid who might be interested in playing softball. So say Marley, she's 12 Mm -hmm. and she thinks, I'd really, my friend plays softball. I'd like to play softball. She's 12. She's in sixth grade. You would think, okay, cool. Let's play softball. Too freaking late. Too late. Like she should be being recruited by colleges by now. You know, it's been on travel teams for three summers. Right. We learned that really the hard way. My husband is a diehard sports person, three-sport athlete, college coach, all this stuff. And we have a son who nothing to do with sports or competitiveness. So when we were still trying to get him into sports, I think he was in like second grade or something. And we signed him up for baseball. And second grade, what are they, like eight, nine? And he had already like missed t-ball like they were in like kid pitch already in Mm -hmm. second grade and we just want to see if he'll maybe like baseball well guess what he ain't gonna like it because all the other kids know what they're doing Mm -hmm. and he's never done it before too late too late Mm -hmm. so you know i think that's just not even necessarily a plight of the horse industry but of the world in general and how we move and how things have just i don't know why that is if i mean just as a human society we're just getting better at things specialize well yeah. and we talked about and we being 
uh, everyone talks about <laughs> how intro programs like 4-H are dwindling. Yeah, big time. There's no time for 4-H anymore. Because yeah. these kids are doing... They get done with their volleyball season, then it's travel volleyball, then yeah. it's the camps, and then it's the same thing with basketball, football, baseball. Everything. So you have to be fully committed or or like not. But it feels like that sometimes with the horse industry too. Oh, because well, 100%. There, there was a season. There used to be the horse season. Yes. It was May through September And now it's all year long. We ride all year long. Yeah. And yeah, if you live in the north and you don't have an indoor arena, I mean, even... Growing up, too, we were fortunate to have an indoor arena here at the farm, which back in the day, probably not quite as common as it is now. But yeah, I mean, really, even to show May through September, you had to be working your two-year-olds, you know, mm-hmm. January through July to get them ready. And I think, yeah, just it's, it's so much. It's so much. The horse show season never ends. It never ends. You know, we quit showing at Colorado Congress in November and we're going to show here for the first time the first week in April. Which, frankly, usually you're out before that. Probably, I'm, yeah. We're usually out before. <clears throat> we're not showing till the first weekend in May. Yeah. Which to me feels like we are so late. Yeah, same, even with us. Mm-hmm. And I know we're going to go to a ton of shows in April and May and in June and then the world show. But yeah, I feel so late, mm-hmm. but I also have to have a break. Mm-hmm. My horses have to have a break. I've noticed such effects when my horses have time off in the winter. I'm even back to like when I had Alex and he was older, he's 20 and I just basically turn him out for the winter and he'd come back. They don't get less broke. You know, right. I mean, it's one thing if you, if you need to get them more broke cause they're young or whatever, but they don't get less broke mm-hmm. and they would just come back like rejuvenated. And then I think we need that too. Mm-hmm. I, I still barely feel like Oh my gosh, I, I don't know if I'm ready for horse show season yet. Mm-hmm. And it's next week. Yeah, it's it's a lot. It's all encompassing. Yeah. When you think about the clients that you have with your hat business, do you, are you working with youth mostly, adults mostly? I mean, you mentioned that the, the ranch horse. Yeah, I mean, really probably mostly adults. Mostly you know, adults. I mean, especially the communication is definitely with adults because, mm-hmm. you know, moms are buying hats for their kids mm-hmm. and that happens plenty, but yeah, truly probably more adults. Yeah. Because you really don't, I mean, there's probably, you just get the size. Yeah. You don't know who's, what hat is getting sat on. Right. Not all is. the time, sometimes, uh-huh. you know, and, but yeah, if I go to like the ranch world show or wherever to vendor, you know, you're definitely dealing with adults, but you get, you know, the kids that come in and I have fun, you know, cause I have kids and teenagers. And so I, I like working with them and finding out their personalities too. And sometimes I had a girl at the Michigan Horse Expo a couple of weeks ago. She was just really fun. She was very interesting. She knew exactly what she wanted, which I like. You know, she was probably 16 or 17. And she just could come in and be like, I want my hat shaped exactly like this. And she was very nice about it. And so she knew what she wanted and she was happy. Yeah. And so I, I like working with the kids like that, too. Do your girls give you advice? <laughs> They better not. No, <laughs> no it's f- kind of funny. My girls are very, very different. Very different. Haley, I don't think has a... Her and I's sense of style does not align. I would just outright say she doesn't have much of a sense of style. She'll, <laughs> she'll love listening to this later. So yeah, I'll be like, oh my gosh, wouldn't this be amazing? And she'd be like, meh, yeah. Marley, her and I were a little bit more of the same spirit animal. She's got opinions, but problem is like she has opinions and she's not going to change them. So a little stubborn. <laughs> Sometimes the, oh gosh. Yeah. That's awesome. So. <laughs> and she, did I see that she's getting into the business a little bit? So yes. Yeah, so pretty, we haven't made an official announcement yet, okay. but she is, um, 
so learning she, the trade. She is learning. She's interested in it. And so she's been learning how to stitch. She's been braiding all my hat bands for me. So if we ever do a custom braided hat band, she's been doing it. But I told her, as like another way she could make money, sometimes I just have like extra hats laying around, maybe the last of a run, or maybe somebody, some people give them to me sometimes. And I said, why don't you take some of these? And if you stitch them, we'll sell them kind of cheap. And you can put that toward your horse show stuff. Because I make my girls contribute financially. And so she's got, I don't know, probably six or seven hats downstairs right now. So if you get like, I don't know, we'll get a group of hats together. I'll help you shape them up. She's kind of learned how to shape a little bit. And we'll post them and we'll say kind of your own little, we'll call it the M line, Marley. M line. And she'll be able to make a little extra money that way. So... Yeah, she's actually into it. She's a little bit more crafty than Haley is. And so she's, yeah, and she kind of has that personality too. She wants to do everything herself. So, yeah. That's awesome. Um, Hat trends. Yeah. We're into 2023. What do you see for hat trends this year? I I feel like there's, and we talked about colored hats. That kind of comes and goes. Yeah. Showing in a straw hat kind of comes and goes as, as well as with the seasons. Yep. I feel like everybody has a black hat right now. Yeah. Well, you can never go wrong with a black hat. It's kind of like black chaps, mm-hmm. you know, especially if you are trying to be conservative, financially conservative, a black hat and black chaps, you can't go wrong with. It's always going to be a perfect base for anyone. Mm-hmm. So that will never go out of style ever. The colored hats have diminished, but they're not gone. Mm-hmm. I love putting our youth, our small fries in colored hats. I mean, my Little tiny 12-year-old has a green hat. Her sister definitely kind of feels like she's outgrown the colored hats, and that's fine. And they do that, and we start have to start dressing them like adults at some point in their lives. The earth tones are very popular. have been very popular over the last year or two, and I continued. I think that will continue for sure. So like your pecans, French tans, and some whiskey camel type stuff, all of that, very popular right now and versatile. So there, I think you're like French tan is the new white hat. Got it. You know, it's, it's a lighter base for those that don't want to wear a black hat because they feel like it's too dark, but it goes with pretty much anything. I know my Haley's wearing a green outfit right now and green and gold and she wears the French tan hat. So it's just a nice lighter touch that pulls it all together and it goes great. French tan hats. Also kind of hard to find. Because there's a big demand. (laughs) Yes. And actually, before we walk away from the manufacturing of the the craft that you do, Mm -hmm. without giving away your secrets, Mm -hmm. how do you, how, what is the process in a very general terms? So, I mean, it depends on what they ordered. So probably the most that goes out of here would be a hat with a material and a stitching. Okay. And so I will... Put the material on the hat first. Depends on what the material is and how they want it. It can go on the top of the brim or the bottom. And there's a little different process for each of that. Depends on if it's a felt or a straw. Sometimes I shape them before I put the material on. I have found I like, that is kind of one of my secrets. I like to shape the felt hats before I put the material on. I feel Mm -hmm. like it kind of, then the material sort of helps actually hold the shape. And then, then I stitch it. Well, then I give it to my employee across the street and she stitches it <laughs> so and then it comes back and we ship it to you so mm-hmm. and then if we have to buck stitch it you know we have to punch all the slits and i do i do that i touch every hat is it so. ever ever tedious oh gosh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i mean and it's overwhelming this time of year too because there's so many Right. And that's so why many. I'm not going to talk to you forever because I know that you're super yeah, busy, but okay. it's kind I, of nice I'm break. glad that you did <laughs> sit down with us. But yeah. And so, and it's amazing because when I 
had the rose hat for mm-hmm. Lila, I remember receiving it and thinking, how on earth did she do this? Because <laughs> there are no errors. There were yeah. no, there was, there was nothing. There were no seams. There was no errors. It was just perfect. Well, I just assume that crazy people like you are going to inspect every inch of my work. And so that makes me paranoid. And so I have to make it perfect, which having to hire people to, to do some of the work, that's some of the stress of growing your business. Cause I'm like, are you going to be as good as I am? Well, I already know the answer. No, No. (laughs) right. You're not. So I have to live with some mistakes that they made or some differences. Mm -hmm. The girl working for me now, she started in July. Like I said, she lives across the street. It's awesome. She, I have this vision where she's in her house and she looks out the window and she sees you walking down the driveway and goes, Oh no, she's coming again. I usually text her first. (laughs) Hey, I'm coming over. And we have kind of a schedule sort of, and then I'm like, okay, so here's the scheduled hats and then here's all the unscheduled hats. So, but yeah, so she does all my stitching. Her name's Kim. She's awesome. She's my little hat, hat elf across the street. And when she started in July, I was just like, okay, she, one of the things she said to me when we were kind of like initially meeting each other and interviewing, Mm -hmm. essentially, she was like, well, I would just be afraid like I, if I would mess up or I didn't know. And I was like, well, it does me no good to not teach you how to do this. Right. Like, you know, I'm not going to leave you hanging to figure something out. And it also does me no good if, if you don't do well. Right. This. So I, I, I'm willing to let you learn. I expect you to mess up. I just need you to be okay when I say, hey, this isn't good enough. Can you make it better? Well, here's how to make it better. You know, I'll always show you how. Or slow down. You're going a little too fast and this is a little sloppy. And she's just been awesome. And awesome. I threw her in the flames for sure. Because mm-hmm. the, the gal that used to work for me, who worked for me for probably three or four years, moved away on me. So I had to find somebody new. But it's been, I mean, she lives across the street. So it's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. And then, so I, typical week on Mondays, I'll put all the material on the hats and get them ready to stitch and then give them to her. And then she'll stitch them Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, give them back to me. And then they all ship out on Friday. Wow. So that's kind of how it works. If you order a hat from me, you're going to get a date and that's probably going to be a Friday. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a ship out at the end of the week. And I kind of built that around my horse show life too. So we leave on Friday for the horse show. So (laughs) I can leave it on the porch. It'll get picked up and... Then I start again work on Monday. So it's a system. Yeah. Yeah. It has to be when you're doing this many. How many hats do you do? Well, I mean, again, depends. But Mm -hmm. right now, busy season, we're doing between 12 and 15 hats a week. Wow. Yeah. It's a lot. And then, you know, there are some things that Kim doesn't do. So she stitches all the hats. I rarely will. I actually had to stitch a hat yesterday. I didn't have to, but I I just did. Mm -hmm. And, but I sew all the bindings on. So I do all that. And every once in a while, there'll just be something that I'll, I'll do versus her. But so much of my time is taken now just by taking orders. Oh. So that takes a lot of time. And then, you know, as your business grows, you have to, I have to manage my inventory. Mm-hmm. I have to or make sure my next hat order is coming. And, you know, I you do don't I have weekends. No. It, like a true I, entrepreneur, you work from sunup to sundown. I mean, it's like, oh, start your own business and you can work whenever you want. Yeah, which is all the time. Yeah, it's yeah. all the freaking time. Like, I, it's insane. I mean, last week, we're so busy, so busy. You have to try and separate it some because work is here at home. So I... And I like to work. I like to be busy. I don't like to sit on the couch and watch TV mm-hmm. without doing something. My husband loves to go to the movies. This has been a thing for our whole marriage. He loves to go to the movies. Oh. 
And I'm just not a big go to the movies person because you just sit there mm-hmm. and watch the movie. And I would like to be doing something <laughs> while I'm watching the movie. So, I mean, we can be a little bit more efficient with our time. So, <laughs> oh I didn't realize how much you and I were like. <laughs> I always have to be doing two things at the same time. Yeah. So, like a relaxing evening at home for me is often sitting in my hat lab watching Netflix while doing something, right. while making the next hat or talking to the next person. Okay. So. What's okay? And a side question. What's your favorite Netflix series? Oh, goodness. Well, I definitely have to say Outlander. Very addicted to that. I haven't watched that. Oh, goodness, girl. I'm like Ozark. Watch um, that. Bridgerton. Oh, yes. I mean, if you love Bridgerton, you'll be obsessed with Outlander. Okay, well, then I got to do Outlander. Because I'm trying to do Breaking Bad. <laughs> My husband keeps telling me to do that, too. I know. I'm only a few episodes in, and I'm like, so they say it gets better. I have to watch things that... Because it just plays all day while I work. Yeah. So I have to watch things that don't take a lot of thought. Cognitive To focus. watch. Like, it, if, I, if I miss a few minutes of the show... I'm not completely lost. Mm-hmm. And stuff I think like Breaking Bad or some of the House of Cards and stuff, like you gotta, you gotta watch. Mm-hmm. I ain't got time for that. <laughs> so as we wrap this episode up, highs and lows. <laughs> are you gonna keep doing this? What's your goal? What, are you just plugging along? Yeah. People used to ask me right at the beginning. Uh, so when the funny hat thing like is out of style, what are you gonna do? And I was my the first, funny hat thing. yeah, you know, when it, when the decorated hat thing isn't isn't cool anymore, what are you gonna do? And my first response would be, well, the Arab people are always about eight to ten years behind. So by the time it runs out in this world, the Arab people will be ready for it. So and then it's gonna cycle back. Exactly. So I've already seen that happening. I'm actually getting more Arab customers as of recent, and so I, I was right, predicted that right. But also I was like, well, if it really just dies on me and I can't do the hat thing. I'll just make chaps because there's not enough people that make chaps. <laughs> oh, isn't that the truth? Right. So, but so far the hat business shows zero signs of slowing down. Everybody, everybody loves, you know, we do, we talked about at the beginning, we like more, we like fancier and better. And I just offer an inexpensive or affordable way to get that sometimes, you mm-hmm. know, you want a buck stitch hat, but you can't spend a thousand dollars. Come to me and mm-hmm. I'll get you your buck stitch hat, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just don't see that going away anytime soon. The highs and lows. Definitely. I mentioned that two hours of sleep one night, like, Ugh. you know, this time of year, it's pretty rough. It's, I mean, it's just busy, which mm-hmm. is, is great. And I definitely don't complain, but sometimes I'm just tired. Yeah. But then, I mean, the highs are taking my girls down the road. I mean, we're about to hit the road for two weeks straight. We've never done that. Going to do three different horse shows in a row. And what a fun thing to be able to do that I can afford to do that now. Something I never could afford it. I mean, back literally came from one day open shows, you Mm -hmm. know, in my adult life, being Mm -hmm. able to afford those. And mostly because I would win some of the money back and to be able to make plans for the paint world and NSBA world or wherever. And we're not really hauling for any titles. That's a big commitment. And it doesn't particularly interest us, I guess. I don't know. None of the girls, the girls haven't come to me and said, I want to be number one in the nation. We did that with Pindo with Haley one year. And so I feel like kind of got that out of our system a little, but yeah, I think just the high of just being able to provide for my girls is really cool life. And and we we're talking about maybe maybe we want to go to a show in Idaho. Wow. Like who does that? Except crazy people that haul for the nation. But let's make a vacation out of it. You know, we got a motorhome. Let's do it. We've met some people out there. What's so impressive is that you've created 
a career, a niche within the industry that you love. Yeah. I mean, so many people have to work to do what we do, but they don't get to work within the industry. Yeah. No, I'm very fortunate. And you've met some wonderful people. Yes. The, The connections that you've made. Yeah. I have to think that's so rewarding as it well. It really is. I I do. Like I said, it, it's, you know, it's a sickness being, being into this horse thing, but I can't imagine my life any other way. Mm-hmm. You know, I had it for a minute, you know, I was out of the horse thing for a minute and it just like calls you back. You have it to come does. back. So I do. I feel so fortunate to not only be able to provide this cool experiences for my girls that they're showing, but having the ability to go whenever we want. We want to go down the road for two weeks. Let's do it. Like, when am I going to... What other job could I have that I could do that? You know, Absolutely. so I'm very fortunate that I've been able to create the opportunity for that. And I'm so thankful that people have supported me mm-hmm. enough to be able to do it. I really, every once in a while, I'll post on my Facebook page, you know, how much it means to me that people support me. You know, like here's a picture of my girls. Like when you buy a hat from me, this is what you is happening to that money. You know, it's going right to these girls and to their horses and. I got the motor home in for new brakes this week. <laughs> that too. I saw a couple hats for so, that, right? Just a, yeah, just a super, you know, real person trying to survive and not the realest of worlds sometimes. <laughs> yeah, isn't that the truth? Yeah. So I, I can't imagine. I, it's just amazing to look back just a few years ago and think where we were at and where how far we've come, all because of this business. So. Well, you've worked hard. You've made a very wonderful product. Yeah. So your success isn't a surprise. <laughs> when, if someone wants to get a hold of you, how do, where's the best place? Is it Facebook or Facebook? Really, is it? I just listened to your podcast about the marketing and how we should, you know, get off of Facebook <laughs> <laughs> or just get more opportunities. And so I do need to do that. But right now, the number one best way is to contact me through my initial impressions by HWS Facebook page. You can message me there and you can always call me too. My information is posted on there. You can reach out and ask for my phone number. I'm happy to talk to you on in in person in real life. I also have people that come to my house sometimes if you're local. It's a beautiful house when the donkeys are out front. Yes. Yeah. My donkeys. (laughs) Thank you for being on the podcast. Oh, thank you for inviting me. It makes me feel very special. (laughs) It's been fun. So that's our story this week. Thank you for joining us. We look forward to spending more time with you and sharing stories of our industry. See you next week.